I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. What nutrients are you low on? You know, your vitamins and minerals, or I should say, your vitamins and your minerals. Those things that can impact your energy, your ability to focus, your performance in training. How's your cardiovascular health? What about the imbalances of your hormones that can also impact fatigue, body composition, mood, even itchy skin? What is your hormonal profile? Do you know? Guess what? You can find out. You could go to your doctor and get a blood draw. The problem there is most doctors reference their results against an incredibly low bar, just the absence of disease. There's less of a real focus on how you are showing up to perform during sport or, of course, across life and work. Often their recommendations are broad-reaching and, honestly, quite tough to implement. But if you're listening to this show, you're likely interested in performing at your best, bringing your best self across life and sport. And that is why it is helpful to leverage Inside Tracker. They assess your biometrics. They then review the results through a performance lens across key areas of performance and longevity. And it is from then that you can start to build an action plan for you to implement. Now, with their personal dashboard, you also get it very easy to track your individual results and, of course, the impact of their recommendations. I absolutely love it. Purple Patch Athletes leverage it, and you can too. All you need to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatch and use this sneaky code, purplepatchpro20. That's going to give you 20% of everything in the store. It's a great time right now as we lead into the holidays so that you can plot your path to be your very best across 2024. All right, folks, on with the show. And today we're going to talk about nutrition. It is number three in our series on you developing your performance base layer. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, and just one more thing before we get going with the show. Actually, I just wanted to sneak in just a little bit of information because today you're going to hear me talk about joining Purple Patch for a journey of transformation. But I realized that I have the opportunity to tell you about our Black Friday sale that absolutely closes November the 30th. Although if you're a listener, because I'm really late to the mark here, we're going to extend this offer. If you do decide to join Purple Patch over the course of the coming year, you can buy a whole block of a year up front and we're going to give you both a month free, so that's pretty darn good, and we're also going to kick you off on your journey with a free individual coaching consultation with one of the Purple Patch coaches to help you plan and help you set up your season. And so it closes November 30th, but we're only releasing this show on the 29th. And so if you email us and ping us, of course, we'll extend it out for the next week or so. It's all in for the month and, uh, and all in for the year. So it's going to be uh, tremendous. The second thing I want to point out as well, a whole bunch of you guys asked us about apparel. We have a lot of really cool apparel at Purple Patch, but we are releasing a brand new 2024 set of gear, cycling gear and tri kit. And this year, the theme is blue. We have three main gold uh, brand colors, gold, of course, black, and the accent of blue. And what we thought we'd go with this year is the same Purple Patch stamp that I'm wearing today proudly, but 
all bedded on a background of that lovely blue color. Very vibrant. You can get yours. You don't need to be a purple patch athlete. It's tremendous stuff, and it's brought to you by Win, the highest level quality cycling gear that is available. Bib shorts, jerseys, tri kit, everything you want. I'll leave a link in the show notes if you're interested. All right, that's enough of me rabbiting on about the news. Let's get on with the show. Cheers. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And yes, we're going to talk about your performance base layer. The very foundation of high performance for every human being. The path to develop this performance base layer is our very own, the Purple Patch Pillars of Performance. A holistic approach to building positive habits in movement, resistance, training, eating habits and recuperation, namely endurance, strength, nutrition, and recovery. And all of these are fueled and amplified with a high performance mindset that makes you battle ready, gives you greater resilience and adaptability, and ultimately leads you to be successful and effective over the long term. Today, we hit number three in our five-part series on you developing your performance baseline. We kicked off focusing on endurance and movement. Last week, we dove into strength and resistance training. Today, we transition to pillar number three, nutrition. Now, maintaining our pattern, we are going to discuss this pillar through two lenses. The first is what we label life performance, and that is anyone, all of us, ladies and gentlemen, that are seeking to improve longevity, how we show up in the workplace better, how to be a better parent or friend everything around your life performance. And then we build on top of that, narrow our focus a little bit and drive into the nutrition pillar through the lens of an endurance athlete. Now, once again, we're gonna return to a little bit of case study action, some examples that highlight the importance of impacting or in fact, not focusing on simple habits around nutrition. I'm even gonna go mad today and I'm gonna create a couple of one-liner case studies, as I'm calling them, short vignettes that punch the point and act as catalysts for action. I think you're gonna enjoy them. Now, before we get going today, we do need to do one thing though. Let's do Matt's Newsings. Yes, Barry, thank you. It is Matt's Newsings, and the word around this week's news is transformation. Because transformation in anything, any arena, is a process. And it's a process that takes a lot of work and it also takes quite a bit of time typically. If you see an athlete that has a huge breakthrough in personal performance, you can expect to learn that there has been a process and journey that has been a labor of love that has ultimately delivered that magical result. And equally, if you hear about a huge breakthrough organization that suddenly bursts into our consciousness, behind the scene, there has typically been months and months, if not years, of hard graft. Even a single joke by a popular comic can often be ready for prime time for our ears only after a year or more of edits, revisions, and tests. But ultimately, transformation is a powerful word. It is powerful to us because it has permanence from one state to another, hopefully elevated. And our transformation is the guiding word for next year at Purple Patch. Now, this process in my mind has already begun. 
off-season. You all know all about that because we've been talking about it so much over the last few weeks of the show. And it's not too late for you to get involved. But our mission is to help you over the course of the next year, yes, you, to transform. I want you to reflect a year from now in awe of what you have become, what you've accomplished. I don't want you to just train for a race with Purple Patch. I actually want you to transform from the ground up. What it means to be a Purple Patch athlete, I believe, goes well beyond race results and ultimately achieving sporting goals. These are important. But what we care about just as much is how you show up across life, what you learn along the way, who you actually become. So I encourage you to allow the sporting journey to actually amplify your life and have fun doing it along the way. 2024 is about transformation. And I want to know, are you in? If you want to get in, well, you're welcome. Reach out and understand how. Hop onto a free call with us. Just ping us at the email address, info at purplepatchfitness.com and let the team know that you want to transfer. I promise you, we will help. All right, Barry, with that little piece of inspiration, why don't we do this? I'm going to do it quietly. Let's do the meat and potatoes. Yes, folks, it's the meat and potatoes. We are seeking staying power. You being your best consistently and predictably. Great energy, focus, resilience. The route to get there, a robust physical ready state and a toolkit of performance effectiveness. The method, well, at the baseline, it is the habits and practices that emerge from four distinct pillars, endurance, strength, nutrition, and recovery, all working together to build that performance baseline. It is the first step for you to find your greatness. And today, what we're going to do is shine a light on just one of those pillars, nutrition. What do they say? You are what you eat, no? Well, it's kind of true. Let's dig in. Now, to get this kick started, why don't we first break down what we mean by nutrition? Because it's a big pillar, but it's really an umbrella term. What actually falls under that pillar? Well, there is kind of your nutrition, your daily eating habits. That could be breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. I also would include, slightly different to that, your fueling that occurs before, during, and following exercise, your daily hydration from when you first wake up in the morning until right before you go to sleep, your hydration in your training and racing, particularly relevant for endurance athletes, and then finally, potentially some supplements that you might consume beyond your normal meals and eating habits. Those are your vitamins and minerals and micronutrients to say it in a very Americano style. For most of today, we're not going to really dive into fueling and hydration relative to racing particularly. Instead, we're going to focus because it is our theme on your base layer, your platform of readiness. And when I go through this in a logical step, we're going to first talk about life performance as we establish. Then we're going to narrow our focus and just talk about some elements and some perspectives that are really important for endurance athletes. So let's kick it off with life performance. Okay, and that means that I get to first say to the whole of the audience, this is about you. 
because we are all human, human beings and we all care about life performance. Now, I began to think about this group, all of us, in two main terms or two main ways of thinking. The first is you investing in your future self. Think about it like your performance 401k, setting yourself up for an optimal quality of life in the years ahead. And then secondly, performance now. So the readiness in your day-to-day life for you to optimize in whatever endeavor is valuable and important to you, whether it's parenting, operating a business, fulfilling your role at work, being a great athlete, anything. Okay, so we've got a long-term lens and then an immediacy when we're thinking about performance now. The role of nutrition in life and health span is well documented. We all know it. Adults who eat healthy diets tend to live longer and have a lower risk of things like obesity, diabetes, cognitive illnesses, heart disease, and even some cancers. Now, the optimal diet can vary between individuals, and it's based on a few factors. But we do know globally that a reduction in sugar and processed foods is universally beneficial. We also know that wholesome, unprocessed foods and a consistent of a bounty of various fruits and vegetables on a daily basis are the best investment in our future selves. If I was going to highlight one key aspect of long-term health and quality of living, and then I would probably shine a light on your metabolic health. Now, we discussed this a little bit in last week's episode when we talked about strength and the role of strength training when it came to improving your insulin sensitivity, hence the regulation of your blood glucose. Now, why this is important, strength training is the role of that, by far the most essential tool that you have in your arsenal to improve your metabolic health is actually today's focus, nutrition. Now, why do we focus on that here? Why do I care so much about metabolic health? Well, the truth is that only one in eight Americans are actually achieving optimal metabolic health. That's staggeringly low. Now, you folks, the audience listening today, you probably skew at much better than that depressing number. But still, we should all care. Because those daunting numbers, one in eight, sweep up people that are actually at a very normal weight, not with poor body composition, but are still metabolically unhealthy. We won't spend too much time talking about the longevity side of nutrition as it's such a deep subject and it would dominate much more than a single episode of this show to even begin to give it justice. With this said, we should recognise it is a critical consideration and we know that your eating choices have a material impact on your quality of life moving forward. We should also appreciate when we discuss this pillar that every recommendation in our daily performance section seamlessly integrates into a positive outlook for your health span. And so while today I'm going to focus more on you showing up in daily life, it is those very habits that feed into your health span. And ultimately, look, I never do things with a short-term lens. I'm always looking to develop long-term sustainable performance. So that concept and that point obviously makes sense. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to focus mostly today when we think about life performance on day-to-day performance. Let me first give you some perspective. Did you know that Lucy Charles, 
who is the recent winner of the Hawaii Ironman World Championship, and she won that race in record-breaking time, do you know that she follows an absolutely awful diet? Her morning routine is a venti caramel laced coffee with a croissant and maybe a muffin. Lunch tends to be fast food or something that's grabbed on the run between training sessions. She doesn't really focus on maintaining daily hydration status. In the afternoon, because of fatigue, she often resorts to a huge cup of coffee or maybe even a Red Bull. She is sponsored by Red Bull just to get through that afternoon training. And dinner, well, she does love her wine. She's from Essex after all. And so she has a couple of glasses of wine just to unwind and take the edge off. She always enjoys dessert and a big meal based on basically whatever she feels like. Pretty close to then for the night, chasing exhaustion, ready to go to bed. Okay, that's a lie. That's not Lucy. She doesn't have a poor diet. And I imagine that you would be pretty shocked if that were the truth. None of us would believe that a world-class athlete would aim to show up at their best but have no attention whatsoever to the elements that can help facilitate it. Eating, sleeping, recovery, etc. But what about a high-level business executive who is seeking elite performance in their very demanding role? Is their challenge that much different to Lucy? Let's take Rich, for example. You see, that Lucy diet that I outlined, the little fib that I told you, that was Rick's approach. Rick is a CFO, he's highly committed, he's ambitious, and he is challenged with massive demands of his role. It includes lots of travel, plenty of responsibility, even outside of the workplace with family and other social obligations. And if I asked Rich if his work performance was important, he would say, it's critical. And yet every single day, Rich is leaving performance on the table. He's simply unable, physiologically, unable to show up as his best, to develop stable energy and readiness to thrive across every single day, knowingly that he has unstable energy and compromise cognitive function, things like his ability to process information, focus for extended periods of time, make clear decisions. Underpinning all of this is probably an erosion of the likelihood of a really high quality of life in the years ahead of them. He's not investing in his future self. You see, what and when we eat and drink daily has a huge impact on your daily energy, the quality of your sleep and therefore the state of your recovery, your cognitive in function, including the ability to focus, process information, retain clear thinking, your memory, both short and long term, and much more. Simply put, no matter what arena you care about and where you need to show up, you cannot perform your best consistently, ready to perform with a, a base layer of successful and smart, pragmatic habits under that big pillar of nutrition. This does not mean you need to count calories or weigh your food. You don't need to mimic the eating habits of a rabbit and you don't need to go on a diet. You don't need to fall out of love with food. This is not about some nutritional revolution. It's not shackling your enjoyment and your love of eating. I'm not even gonna tell you you have to quit alcohol. This is about setting up positive habits 
that promote your health, your energy, and your ability to perform. Habits. Now, knowing with habits that occasionally, and even appropriately, you will stray off course. You might dive into some seriously good, performance-enhancing, joyous, naughty choices. And for me, that's absolutely fine. But this is about what you do day to day on a habitual basis. No matter who you are, an athlete, a parent, an executive, a busy professional, no matter. Because all of us need a baseline of positive eating habits. Okay, now, what I'm gonna do is not describe to you the magical diet. Instead, I will outline a few key central habits that will help. Under the banner of daily eating, here are some things that you could do tomorrow, kicking it off, you could do that would help promote stable energy and the ability to show up with better cognitive function. Now, just doing these things alone is not gonna be the answer. Remember that. I already referenced recovery. We've already gone through the importance of strength training, the importance of daily movement. All of these were things work together, but these are some of the most basic elements when we just shine the light on nutrition. Number one, we should all be consuming wholesome, unprocessed foods as much as possible. Under that banner, we should absolutely aim to limit or eliminate processed foods that are packed with sodium, hidden sugars, and other chemicals. Number two, we should all commit to nine servings a day of various vegetables and fruits. That is every single day. All colors of the rainbow, packing them in. We should all be getting plenty of protein. That should be at least half a gram for every pound that you weigh, if not a whole gram for every pound of body weight across a whole day of eating. We should aim to reduce sugar and relegate the big, white, starchy carbohydrates across most of our meals to the smallest piece of the com composition of each meal plate. And we should aim, number five, to finish our last meals two to three hours before we turn into the night and go to bed. Number six, we should introduce a fast. Did I just say that? That we should all fast? Yes. From the last meal of the day to breakfast. That's often somewhere around 12 to 13 hours of each day. There's no magical restriction needed. It's not hard to implement. If you're successful at number five, finishing your last meal two to three hours before you go to bed, and you prioritize sleep, that's coming next week, then you get up in the morning, you have your water that I'm gonna talk about in a few moments, and then you wait and have your breakfast, you can establish a really healthy fast without it impacting life, without it being restrictive. Number seven is consuming protein following every time that you exercise so that you stabilize your cortisol and stress hormones and you can facilitate muscle repair. So very quickly there, I went through seven key habits very simple things that all of us should integrate. And it's not that much more complicated than that. And under that, there's all sorts of room for different diets that you feel like fit your lifestyle and your preferences. But we do have one more. 
Number eight, and this deserves just a little bit more explanation because number eight is to stabilize and manage your insulin. Now there are times over the course of the day that it is very, very normal to experience elevated glucose in the blood. During exercise is one great example. But generally, the key hormone that we have to help you manage your daily blood glucose is insulin. And insulin is secreted from the pancreas. Now, it's secreted from the pancreas whenever we need to manage elevated blood glucose levels. And the more insulin is released, the less sensitive we become to it. Or said another way, the more times that we keep having high, high blood glucose levels and the more and more insulin needed, the less effective we become at managing that blood glucose. Now, outside of exercise, this means that we need to try and keep our blood glucose levels as stable as possible. So trying to prevent too many huge spikes of blood glucose, which is going to inevitably lead to huge releases of insulin. And these spikes, if they're chronic, can actually be one of the catalysts that lead to diabetes and massive risks of various other illnesses, including some cancers. In addition, these spikes of insulin can disrupt your body composition manage, management, your cognitive function, your recovery, your quality of sleep, and much, much more. So in essence, if we can become really effective at managing our blood glucose and therefore associated insulin levels, we are going to be on a pathway to more sustained high performance. So we want a management. So what are the things that you can actually do? There's no point in me saying, hey, go out, manage your insulin. Well, I can't even tell whether it's high or whether it's low. Here are a few things that we know have a positive impact on your insulin levels. Number one, after you eat a big meal, go for a walk immediately following, particularly in the evening time. Once you've had dinner, it's a really nice habit. It's good for the soul as well, as well by the way, but it's a really good habit to go for a walk, 10, 15, 20 minutes. The second thing that you can do is actually limit the high sugar foods and snacks that you consume in the first place, particularly outside of the exercise window. Because when you consume high sugar foods, or high glycemic foods as we call it, it's going to create a glucose response and therefore an insulin response and association. A third thing that you can do is to consume plenty of leafy greens or salads before you have your main meal. And finally, a nice little trick that certainly is becoming more and more popular and understood is the positive role of apple cider vinegar. If you add some apple cider vinegar onto that salad, that has a stabilizing impact on your insulin. Now, when you integrate these along with consistent exercise, focusing on sleep and more, it's going to have a positive impact. And so those are your eight habits. And those are things that you can go and implement tomorrow. Remember, we want to make these things actionable and understandable. The world of nutrition is complex. It's deep. It demands real expertise. I highly value the experts and nutritionists that can help you, me, all of us create a strategic plan. But at the surface level, these are some things, some recommendations from a coach that you can go and implement tomorrow. But that's not the whole of the puzzle. Let's talk about hydration, because there are also some thing, simple habits that I would encourage you to adopt. 
Number one, when you first wake up in the morning, outside of hopefully getting outside, going for a walk, some exercise in some bright sunlight, I would also have you drink a liter of water to kick off the day. Now, when you go to sleep at night, hopefully you're getting a good quality night's sleep over the course of enough hours, seven, eight, nine hours, you are gonna actually wake up dehydrated. You've lost about a liter of fluid in dehydration over the night. So we wanna make that up because that's gonna impact your hunger, your energy, your cellular function, your immune system. And so wake up and the first action you take, consume a liter of water. I would add to that, it's really beneficial if you get across the day before exercise. So just in day-to-day -day life, you consume somewhere between two and three liters across the day. That's number one. Number two, you might consider some of the two or three liters that you're consuming over a day, maybe you add a little bit of electrolytes to the water. I like to use the Precision Hydration 250 milligram sodium tablet. Really good, it's gonna help draw your hydration into the cells, but it's also gonna give you just that little bit of personality without having a high sugar content to your drink. And so if you prefer a little bit of personality beyond pure water, it's gonna help with the adoption of that habit. Tip number three under consumption of fluids or hydration, enjoy your cup of coffee or your cups of tea, but eliminate caffeine, all caffeinated beverages after 12 p.m. Really good to ensure that it doesn't impact the quality of your sleep at night. The half-life of caffeine is about eight hours. And so after about 12 o'clock, nix it. Really, really good value. Number four, if you can, reduce your alcohol consumption. Ultimately, and I say this as a man that does love my beer, but ultimately alcohol is a poison and it has a huge disruption on your performance, particularly in the days following. And so during the work week, at least, I really recommend that you aim to eliminate or highly restrict alcohol. Coupled with that, I would add more sugary beverages because we should remember that alcohol is a sugary beverage, but I would eliminate all high sugar drinks and sodas from your daily routine, period. Get rid of them. Once you break the back of that habit, you don't need them anymore. And if you need a little bit of a pickup in the afternoon, if I've eliminated sugary beverages and I'm eliminated caffeine, Suddenly you don't have coffee, you don't have caffeinated tea, you don't have Coca-Cola, you don't have Red Bull. Instead, embrace a non-caffeinated hot drink. That's gonna raise your core temperature, it's gonna activate your alertness and your productivity in the afternoon. Now of course, just like the nutrition habits, there's more to it than this. But these tips are highly accessible, simple habits that you can kickstart your journey with it. Okay, it's gonna help you stabilize energy and foster better cognitive function. And that is gonna help you improve showing up in life. Now for athletes, this, what I just talked about, this is your base layer. And for folks that are purely interested in life performance, this is your base layer for all of us. It is a way of eating, a foundation, and it's gonna promote good health and optimal daily performance. Now I hear it, athletes saying now, you might be listening and thinking, hang on, I'm training. I've got to eat more 
I need my carbohydrates. And guess what? You're dead right. You do. But you will be building your sports-specific fueling and eating demands on top of this performance base layer. If you are a time-starved amateur, and then the tips and the general approaches that I outlined here are the very first things that you should establish as habits. And at this time of the year, it is particularly beneficial to take on that journey, to actually establish your base layer of healthy eating. And the reason that it's particularly beneficial is you don't have race demands. You're not chasing. You're not actually training at the highest level, at least I hope you're not. Now, I will say that this is pretty simple recommendations. And if you need some professional guidance and support around this, particularly if you're focused on life performance and athletic performance, this is the time to do it. I would not wait until you have deadlines of races looming. The team at FuelIn, our partners, have the highest expertise that I know in this spectrum. That's why we're partnered with them. And so if you want to reach out to the team at FuelIn, do so. Go directly, fuelin.com slash purplepatch. That's the page to get you there. That's going to ensure that they understand that you listen to this show or that you're a Purple Patch athlete and they can give you the additional love that they love to do for Purple Patch athlete. These folks are professional. They are world experts. And that's why we partner with them, because I have a very strong filter and I feel like a responsibility to ensure that I put in front of you the resources that are going to help you be successful. And as I said, if you are an athlete, now is the time to really dial this in. I really encourage you, don't wait till race season. Because what we want to do is get the base layer right. And then, as you're going to find out in the second part of the show, we're going to build on top of that your more performance-related aspects related directly to sport. I promise you, if you do it now, you won't regret it. It is a personal promise. This is the time. All right, so life performance, endurance sports performance, what we've got here is your performance base layer with nutrition. And now what you want to do is add your training and ultimately your racing. As an athlete... I don't need to be spending time selling you the role of proper nutrition for an endurance athletic performance. It is, of course, your source for fuel. It delivers your hydration and your nutrients so that you can perform at an optimal level. It is the catalyst for your tissue to repair, for you to gain the adaptations that you're seeking through the hard work that you do. And yes, as you'll find out, the majority of endurance athletes tend to under-consume calories relative to their training demands. Now, I should be clear here. I believe that everyone is an athlete. And if you are consistently moving about 60 minutes a day, and perhaps you do it a little bit more on the weekend, it's not quite as challenging for you to meet your caloric demands. But when I talk about endurance athletes not meeting their demands... It's you folks that are hitting 10, 12, 16, 20 hours of training plus every single week. If that's you, you've got some real focus requirements. 
because as supporting that many hours of training with the right amount, type, and timing of calories, there's a truth, a dirty truth. It's logistically challenging, and it's even physically quite stressful. And so today, as I talk about athletes, I can't get into detailed meal planning and high specifics of this, but I am going to provide some baseline expectations and habits that will help you. And these are things that are layered on top of our performance-based layer nutrition that we just talked about. So what I want to think about is the foundation is what we talked about, life performance. And then as an athlete, you layer on top of this. Now, I should also add here that nutrition is incredibly complex and it's always emerging. It's always evolving. And there's evidence that not all of us respond in the same way to different aspects of nutrition. And so you do have a journey to find the specifics that work for you. But there are some fundamental truths that are universal. So let's go through just a few of them. Number one, we're going to start with mindset. A few phrases and words that will be helpful when you tackle supporting your training demands with proper eating habits. Number one, what you should remove. I'd like you to remove these words, diet, race weight. As a training athlete, you should not be on a diet and you don't want to chase race weight. These are two phrases that tend to cause a lot of challenges for people and typically lead to some form of caloric restriction in the pursuit of a leaner body. The result of this, well, it's a cascade of negative consequences around your energy, your tissue health, your injury incidence, and more. You are not on a diet, and it's almost impossible to chase a specific race weight through some form of caloric restriction while also concurrently training to for the demands of your sport and life. And so remove those words from your vernacular. Secondly, don't confuse healthy eating with fueling for training. Just venture onto any social media platform and you're gonna see this live in action. Endurance athletes that just love to showcase both their bodies, unfortunately, but also the bounty of vegetable salads and lean proteins, and they're colorful and nutritious. And this is super, because it's a great platform of eating for us, but it's often, typically, not fueling the body with enough calories. Healthy eating, we've already discussed, you should have that as your base layer. And that supports a high functioning life. We all need that as a human being. But as an endurance athlete, no matter how time starved you are, you're gonna need to add to that real fuel, additional calories across to the meal plate. So those are a couple of important things when we think about mindset. Now let's get a little bit more specific fueling. In general terms, as an endurance athlete, if you're training in sessions less than 60 minutes, and actually quite a few sessions even less than 90 minutes, you don't probably require much, if any, additional fueling to get through those sessions successfully. But every single session that you do, no matter how short, no matter how easy, 
is going to benefit from the consumption of calories after completion. It's going to help with your future eating choices across the day. The protein that you are going to include, remember we talked about that earlier, is going to lower your cortisol levels, but also begin adaptations and repair. And the carbs that you're going to consume as an athlete are going to feed the brain for energy across the day, but also restock your energy levels. And finally, for you endurance athletes that are doing heavy training loads, it's a really important habit to do so that you're actually providing the body with enough calories to support the training. It's logistically challenging. So don't underconsume immediately following. Take the opportunity when the body is like a sponge absorbing those calories. And so post-workout fueling, I think, is a universal habit for athletes. Number three, feed the engine. I talked about what not to put in your mind. Diet, race weight. Well, here's something I do want you to put in. Feed the engine. That's the phrase that you live by, okay? It's a good, positive, strong, robust mindset. Feed the engine. Yes, you build healthy eating habits across life, but then, as an endurance athlete, you dial up the fuel. You feed the engine. If you get this dialed in, then you support your training efforts. You provide your body with energy. You limit unneeded additional stresses on the body. It's already dealing with enough through training and the rest of stresses in life. And you set the path to a platform of health, better performance, stabilized energy, and ultimately better results. Now, I want to revisit the underconsumption of calories that many endurance athletes have. Unfortunately, it's way too high of a percentage. And quite often, this is accidental. In fact, the most common culprit here is endurance athletes underconsuming carbohydrates and also often in parallel protein. Their athletes focus on health, body composition, and eating clean ultimately fails to support their training needs. So I want to revisit this and I want to provide a rough guide to this. Remember that we've talked about throughout this show, baseline eating habits are really positive. But this is kind of your ever eating. It's what you do before you even consider exercise. We layer on top of this the calories that go up and up and up, mostly in the form of carbohydrates and some additional proteins as you exercise more and more and more. Okay, so heavier training days demand more carbohydrates. Heavier training sessions require additional carbohydrates, both before and following. And this isn't going to happen by accident. In fact, it can't be left to random. Establishing a system for yourself of habit creation and self-management is critical for athletes. Now, to be honest, as an athlete, I never truly got this right. I didn't engage in experts that truly understood the whole principle here. Someone that could support me, guide me, coach me through better fueling for my training demands. Instead, I had coaches that drove me onto diets, tried to encourage me to get down to race weight, all what the while, where I was trying to train, in fact, overtrain for an Ironman. And what it led to was catastrophe. 
for my health, for my performance. Nutritionists were telling me to restrict, follow eating plans that were absolutely impossible for me to follow in life. And so I'll say it again right now, no matter who you are, you have an opportunity. That team at Fuel In, this is what they do. And so this is a time that you absolutely want to establish your performance base layer. Get the life stuff in right, but also start to understand, learn, fire real experts on how to fuel for your training. Now you might wonder why I make such a big deal of this. It's a personal observation. I say most endurance athletes don't consume enough calories to support their training. Well, this is after more than 15 years of working with professional endurance athletes. Some of the most successful Ironman athletes in the history of the sport. I've been very lucky to work with them. And over all of them, maybe 40 or 50 pros that I got to work with, I met one, maybe two athletes that had their caloric support dialed in when I first met them. Just one or two of them. The vast majority had growth opportunity, room to improve. Most of them do not get it right. And for amateur athletes, to be honest, the ratio is similar. Beyond my observation, what does the research say? When the National Institute of Health proclaimed that almost 70% of athletes are medium to high risk of RED-ESC, that is relative energy deficit syndrome. In other words, more than 70% don't consume enough calories. And think about the impact of that. You're just adding stress to your life and body. You've got an absolute loss of tissue integrity and health, hence an amplified risk of injury. You've got energy imbalances across the day, reduced adaptations from the hard work that you're putting in. You're walking around with a compromised immune system. You're going to get compromised race performance. Boys and girls, this is big. If you're going to train a lot as an endurance athlete, you need to fuel your body. Eating healthy, that's just the life performance baseline. If you're an athlete, you need to fuel the body on top of it. Or ultimately, it's stark. You face the consequences. I know I did. Now, I realise that there's plenty of emotion around eating. I also acknowledge the pressure out there and the confusion with the blizzard of conflicting information and advice. And finally, I get the draw, the appeal, chasing that waist weight, that Instagram-worthy tan lines on my body and all of those poses. But I encourage you, resist. Fuel the body, chase health and training readiness. That's going to get you stable, consistent, and that is the way that your body composition naturally starts to improve. And so that is, folks, my general advice and perspective for athletes. If you have any individual questions at all, or you want to hear further perspective, just reach out to us. You know where to find us, info at purplepatchfitness.com. And once again, a good time to lock in to the Fuel In team. Fuel In com slash purple patch that's the best way to get a hold of them let them know that i sent you they'll take good care of you all right team next week we march on number four the one that i'm known for yes recovery 
Yes, it's all about ice baths, Norma Tex, and that goop-endorsed magic healing eggs. Uh, maybe not. But we do peel back and have a no-holds-barred perspective on the role of recovery and sleep for both life and sports performance. I would say that's unmissable. It's going to help you. Until then, have a super week. Fuel up, eat well, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for joining and thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the new format. You can never miss an episode by simply subscribing. Head to the Purple Patch channel of YouTube and you will find it there and you could subscribe. Of course, I'd like to ask you if you will subscribe. Also, share it with your friends. And it's really helpful if you leave a nice positive review in the comments. Now, any questions that you have, let me know. Feel free to add a comment and I will try my best to respond and support you on your performance journey. And in fact, as we commence this video podcast experience, if you have any feedback at all, as mentioned earlier in the show, we would love your help in helping us to improve. Simply email us at info at purplepatchfitness.com or leave it in the comments of the show at the Purple Patch page and we will get you dialed in. We'd love constructive feedback. We are in a growth mindset, as we like to call it. And so feel free to share with your friends. But as I said, let's build this together. Let's make it something special. It's really fun. We're really trying hard to make it a special experience. And we want to welcome you into the Purple Patch community. With that, I hope you have a great week. Stay healthy, have fun, keep smiling, doing whatever you do. Take care.